Hey friend, in this episode, we're going to learn one of my favorite things to do in Bible study, and that is how to find the gospel in your text. Hey friend, welcome back to the Love Your Bible podcast. Hey, we've been taking a deep dive in studying the Bible. So we've talked about observe, interpret, um, and now we're going to talk about gospel, and then next week we'll talk about apply. So that's OIGA Bible study. So a lot of people talk about observe, interpret, apply. Well, there's one missing product in that Bible study method, and that is probably one that's a little obvious, but it is the gospel. And I think it's really, really important to add the G in observe, interpret, apply. So we're going to do OIGA Bible study. And today we're going to learn all about how to find Jesus in the text of scripture that you are studying. So what do we mean when we say the gospel? Well, I give credit to Tony Marita, and he's the one that really um, just opened my eyes to the need of adding the G to Bible study. And so basically what the gospel is, it's this, asking this question, how is Jesus the hero of the text you're studying? So observe, what does the text say? Interpret, what does it mean? Now gospel, how is Jesus the hero? So whatever text you're studying, you need to get to a point after you've observed and interpreted it. Now, before you're going to apply it to yourself, you're going to ask a simple question. How is Jesus the hero of this text? If Jesus does not exist, how is this text impossible for me to obey? Okay, Tony Marita calls this redemptive integration. I just call it gospel. Um, but he says what you're trying to do is you're trying to find redemptive themes and Christological connections. Okay, you're trying to see how does this text I'm studying fit into the broader framework of redemption. Now, Tony Marita will say this. He says that every text in the Bible points to Jesus. Okay, he says it points to Jesus either futuristically, so it's like an Old Testament passage that's pointing to the coming Christ. Or it refers to Christ explicitly, so a lot of texts will actually have Jesus, the word Christ, in them. Or the text looks back to Christ implicitly. So maybe you have a command, and Jesus is not mentioned, but you know the only way you can obey that is through Jesus. So it's pointing back to the cross and the resurrection. So Mark Dever would talk about this as looking at a text through gospel-colored glasses. So you're trying to think about... How does the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus inform the interpretation and application of the text that you are studying? Now, if you don't do this, okay, you could absolutely blow a text, and you could obey it in a really bad way. You could disobey God by obeying the Bible. Now, that sounds kind of crazy, right? Well, I'm just giving an example. Let's go to the Old Testament. Take Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 and 27. Here's what God says. See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I'm commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. So it's a real easy thing. If you obey, you'll be blessed. If you disobey, you will not be blessed. So you've observed that, you've interpreted it, and so the application is, well, I need to obey God because obeying God is how I get blessed, and not obeying God is how I get cursed. And so you leave your morning Bible study 
trying to obey God in order to get his blessing. Well, if you don't know much about scripture, you're going to find that to be absolutely defeating because the problem is you can't obey God perfectly. You don't have his blessing and you only have his curse because you will disobey. So it becomes a verse that either leads you to pride because you think you're doing good or it leads you to despair because you realize you can't. So what do we do with a text like this? Well, we observe, interpret it, and then we say, okay, what about the gospel? What about Jesus? How does the gospel inform this? Well, you can see how the gospel informs this. Jesus Christ perfectly obeyed God. So he got the blessing. But Jesus took our curse on the cross. So the curse that we all earned, he took on the cross. So the curse that God deserves to give us, he gave it to Jesus. And the blessing that that Jesus earned, God gives it to us when we put our faith and trust in Christ. So the good news is, hold on, I have the blessing of God through Jesus, therefore I can be a person who obeys rather than disobeys. So my obedience is not fueled in order to earn a blessing. It's fueled because I already have a blessing in Christ. So you interpret that text in light of the Christ event, what Christ did on the cross. Now, this is not only Old Testament. You can also go to the New Testament, and you need to be sure that you gospel every New Testament passage. I'll give you an example. Matthew 5, 48. Jesus says this, You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Pretty straightforward verse, right? Maybe that's your morning quiet time, okay? All right, here's what I need to do. I'm going to observe it. I'm going to interpret it. Well, here's what I interpret. I need to be perfect, just like God is perfect. So all I got to say is good luck with that, right? Like you're going to probably blow that um, before breakfast, right? It's just not going to work out. You can't be perfect because only God is perfect. So that verse shouldn't lead you to strive hard to be perfect. It should cause you to come to the one who is perfect. Well, who is perfect? Jesus. So that verse is getting you to realize I can't ever be perfect like God, but Jesus is my perfection. He is my righteousness. Therefore, I'm perfect in the Lord Jesus, not in of myself. So you don't go to that verse and say, okay, I'm going to try really hard to be perfect. You go to that verse and say, thank you, Jesus, that you were perfect for me. And now through your perfection, I can live a life that's pleasing to my father. So this is how we have to gospel every text. So you see, I'm, you can get in trouble if you observe, interpret, and apply. Apply, do good and be blessed. Apply, be perfect like God is perfect. Both of those are going to lead you either to pride or despair. It's not going to lead you where you need to be. So you have to gospel that text. You have to bring the cross into that to see, oh yeah, this is ultimately pointing me to Jesus. Danny Akins will say, we must see every text in light of the Christ event. He says, we need to read the Bible not as a a science book, but instead like a story. There's a story that's being told, the story of redemption. So how exactly do we find Christ in the text? Well, Tony Marita gives us a few tips. 
Um, one of those is you can ask, okay, how does the implications of the gospel make these commands possible? So if Paul is commanding us to do something to, or Jesus is saying, love your neighbors yourself. Well, guess what? I can't do that because I don't love my neighbor like myself. So I have to believe the gospel. It's the gospel. It's by faith in Christ that I become a lover of my neighbor. Another question that he says is, um, does this text reveal a type of Christ? So sometimes when you're reading the Old Testament, you'll come to Joseph, who was betrayed by his brothers. Well, that's a type of Christ. It's giving you a picture. Moses, different people in the Old Testament are giving you a little bit and a hint of who Jesus is. David, a type of Christ. Another question is, how does this passage show us mankind's need for Christ. So you can look at a text and say, oh, just like we did with those two texts, this is showing me a need. I'm sinful. I can't do it. I have to have Jesus. I love what John Piper says. He says probably one of the greatest things about making sure you get to the gospel. He says this, Christ crucified is the ground of every good that comes to God's people in every text. That is just a good line. Now think about that for a moment, that Christ crucified, okay, the news of the cross, the death, and resurrection, it is the ground, it's the foundation, it's the means by which every good comes to us from God. Like the only way we get goodness from God is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. If it wasn't for the death and resurrection of Jesus, we would all have death. But because of the cross, we get goodness. We get blessing. So if there's ever a promise, if there's ever a hope, if there's ever a good thing you come in light of Scripture, you can think about it through the cross because it's only through the cross that we get good from God. And then secondly, he says this, and that the ultimate good is the all-satisfying Christ himself. So, so check that out. Every text you come in contact with, okay, if there is a blessing, if there is a promise, if there is a hope, All good comes to God's people through the cross. It's only through the cross that we find good from God. Apart from the cross, we only get bad from God. But then the ultimate good, the best thing that comes to us from God is Christ himself. He is the all-satisfying one. So when you come to Scripture, you're actually seeing that all good comes to the cross, and the best good that God has to give us is his son, Jesus. So that's why in every text we want to look for how is Jesus shown, and how does Jesus rule, and how is Jesus the hero of this text. And guess what? It's not hard to find, because Jesus is actually the hero of the whole Bible. I love what Tim Keller says. He says that every text should create a problem that only God can fix. (laughs) I just love that. Um, So you think about every text, every Bible study, you're looking for a problem that only God can fix because you won't go very far until you realize, oh, there's a problem. Um, I'm needy. I'm helpless. I need Jesus to fix this problem that I can't fix myself. Now, now we've hinted at this a few times, but I want to I want to think about what if you leave out the gospel? What if you leave out the gospel in your morning Bible study? So you read a verse and it tells you to be compassionate or something like that, okay? Um, It tells you, if you're a husband, hey, love your wife like Christ loved the church, okay? So, all right, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to go love my wife uh, in a good way. That's kind of my takeaway, so I'm going to go and do that. Well, if you leave out the gospel then you're either going to be filled with pride or despair. Now, you'll be filled with pride if you do a good job. Like, let's say you wake up and 
you fix breakfast and you text your wife throughout the day. You come home, you give her a kiss. Um, you do the dishes like you're just like pulling out the charm and your wife says, honey, you are amazing. You are loving me so well. Well, then you're going to be prideful. Like I did good. Yes. The Bible said to love my wife. I'm loving my wife. I'm doing good. Look how great of a husband I am. And guess what? Pride's not a good place to be, right? Pride is, is a sin. So you don't want to be prideful. But on the other hand, it can lead you to despair. So say your Bible study that morning is, hey, love your wife like Christ loved the church. You leave saying, okay, I need to go love my wife. Well, you wake up and, uh, man, she says something that just gets under your skin and you lose it on her. You yell, you get frustrated, you don't help with breakfast, you go out to work, you come home, you ignore her, you get on your phone, you're not helping with the dishes, you're not helping with the kids, you turn on a show, like you are just ignoring her and she is just berating how bad of a husband you are. Well, what that's going to lead you to, it's going to lead you to despair. Like, I read about loving my wife, but guess what? She is unlovable. I can't do this. I must be a bad husband. So it leads you to despair. See, without the gospel, without the gospel fueling your obedience, then it'll either lead to pride because you do good or despair because you won't do good at all. You'll feel crushed or you'll feel like, man, you are the hero. But when you bring in the gospel and you realize, oh, The Bible says to love my wife like Christ loved the church. So I love my wife the same way Christ loves me. I have the love of Christ. There's been a death, born resurrection, and the power of his resurrection now lives in me. Christ in me allows me to obey this text so I can actually go and love my wife. And when I do good, guess what? I'm giving the glory to Christ because it's Jesus who empowered my love, my loving relationship towards my wife. And when I mess up, when I when I don't do what I'm supposed to, then man, I go back to the gospel that that I'm still a son of God, that I can get right back up and I can go and love her because Christ loves me. So when it comes to the gospel, um, when you obey, you can respond to Scripture and you can become both humble. And happy. You can be happy when you obey because you're humble. Why? Because it's Jesus, the power of the cross in you. So when you come to scripture, how do you bring in the gospel? It's not just like adding the gospel at the end of your Bible study. It's thinking about, okay, I'm starting with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Christ has died the death I deserve. He rose to defeat my sin, to give me his righteousness. I'm now reconciled to God through him. I have the spirit living inside me. He empowers my obedience. So now when I come to scripture and it tells me to obey, it tells me to not hold grudges. It tells me to forgive as I've been forgiven. I can do those things because I have the power of the gospel living in me and through me. It's not me, no, that's doing it. It's Christ in me. That is the hope of glory. So when you do your Bible study, observe the text, interpret the text, but don't forget to gospel the text. Make Jesus the hero. Because when Jesus is the hero of your obedience, you'll be both humble and happy rather than either prideful or a person with despair. So don't forget the gospel. Whether you're in the Old Testament or New Testament, always make Jesus the hero of every text. Because remember, every good 
that comes to God's people only comes by way of the cross. And the best good that God has to give us is Jesus himself.